his holy name. We ain't got to have a full house. We don't have to have it all together to bless him. We just bless him because he's worthy. Yeah. Bless his holy name. Yes. Somebody just shout the name Jesus. Jesus. Oh, bless that name. Yes. So good to be back home. We ought to thank God for this new stage. somebody with you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so I'm expecting a wonderful, wonderful time in the Lord. I'm stalling for a moment as I just listen to the direction of the Holy Spirit for tonight. Sometimes it's good not to be in a hurry. Amen. Sometimes it's good to be on time so that you don't have to be anxious and rush through and just wait upon the Lord. Amen. Not have to just rush through. Well, it's so good to be back home, and we've been on the road all over the country, and you can be seated. And this is what I found out. From Georgia to Indiana to Virginia, where else do we go? Alabama, Michigan. This is what I have found out. This is profound. This will blow your mind. This is what has been so clear. If you have a phone tonight, put it away. I am. So you're not distracted. I want you to really get into this. This is what I found out. Where people are still obeying the Bible, God is still blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that simple? I'm learning that as we travel, that it's not about gifts and talents. It's not about money. It's not about being, I mean, we have seen some of the most, we're not recorded, so I can just be honest with you. You know, growing up in church, we all grew up in church that are here tonight. We, we used to have missionary night. Remember, anybody remember missionary night? My grandmother was a missionary president of the church that has room for, for 40 years. And You'd have that one Wednesday night that was missionary night, and nobody would ever want to come to missionary night because they read down a book about something that happened in the mission field in the country nobody ever heard from, and so they couldn't relate to it. Well, tonight's mission night, but I'm not telling you something I read in a book. I'm telling you about the mission field right here in our own country, about Amen. what God is doing. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So tonight's just going to be a missionary type of night. Look over at your neighbor and say, missionary type of night. Missionary type of night. And so... God, God is just blessing where people are obeying. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. God is blessing things that I would never dream would be blessed because God's taking people that aren't organized, they're not gifted with administration, they don't have it all together, and they're growing like a wildfire. Come on. Because they're simply just obeying God. Yeah. And so as I was driving home today from Columbus. <clears throat> I, I've just been reminiscing over all the things, over all the states, and tonight I'm going to bring some people up just to kind of give some testimonies about things they experienced on the road with me. Would that be all right? Yeah. To hear about what God's doing in the country and how God has blessed or encouraged them on the road. But I, while we're in Alabama, Miles Rutherford, Pastor Miles Rutherford said that though COVID is obviously not from God, 
God takes what is bad and he uses it for his good. Yeah. And he said, one thing that the church is seeing through this COVID season is God is getting rid of those that are interested and he's promoting those that are invested. Amen. I want you to think about that. He said, you know, that's true because attendance is down and money is up in the church of Jesus Christ. Come on. Yeah. And so God's getting rid of people that are just interested and those that are being invested are invested in the kingdom of God. So God's just doing things to them. Amen. So why don't you just pray right now and say, dear Lord Jesus, I'm not interested. I'm invested. I'm invested with my prayers. I'm invested with my time. Good God Almighty, I'm invested with my money. I'm invested with my praise. I'm invested with my thoughts. I'm invested with my feelings. Now shout like you're invested in God's I just, I was talking with the Holy Spirit, and I told the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, I'm not going to play games anymore. And here's what I mean by that. I'm not going to build a church on people I have to chase. I'm going to build a church on people that will chase him with me. Amen. Come on. not seeing them because I'm done chasing. Amen. I'm looking for a remnant that is thirsty and hungry and says, my God, if we don't leave till midnight, I'll leave my daggone phone down. I'll leave my, I'll leave everything aside. I'll Amen. forget about everything else. And if I don't walk out of that place till midnight, I'm going to get into the presence of God. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He was talking to a young preacher about things not happening in church services for that young preacher. And Smith Wigglesworth said that this. He said, if things, if God doesn't move in my services, get this. He said, if God doesn't move in my church services, then I'll just go ahead and move God. <laughs> he said, because faith moves him. Yeah. And so if nothing's happening, I'll make it happen. I'll never be in a meeting where something doesn't happen because I'll activate my faith to make something happen. Amen. Woo, that's good. Amen. That's good. Yes. And I'm watching that in Columbus. I'm watching a man that operates in an anointing that knows how to use faith to make things happen. So I want you to pray right now, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Increase my faith. Increase my faith. I mean, take it to a new level. I want to believe for the impossible. I want to wake up believing. I want to go to bed believing. I want to shout because I believe. I want to believe when nobody else will believe. Increase my faith, Jesus. Make a believer out of me. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, do you know how you build your faith? How do you get more faith? Come here. Hurry up. Come on. They're waiting on you. How, how, do, you get more, how do you get a faith increase? Hearing comes, or faith comes by hearing and word, hearing by the word of God. Amen. So you get faith by doing what? Coming to church. And you gotta you gotta do what? What'd you say? Faith comes by what? Hearing. Faith comes by what? Hearing the faith, word. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Faith comes by what? Hearing. 
I want them to get it. Faith comes by what? Oh, faith comes by what? How embarrassing would it be if I lined up 20 worship leaders in this region and 20 preachers and I asked them how many hours of the word have you heard before you stepped in a platform this week? Amen. Faithless because I have I hear nothing to increase my faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. And so, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, on down the old lineage is a, a, a you know, God's got many tribes. Don't ever think that that's the only tribe, that's just the one that we're connected with and we have an inheritance from. But but that great man of God, even in his day, he would read the word out loud because there's something Amen. about yes. the word of God that increases your faith. Yes, yes. I can tell how much time you spend in the Bible by how timid your faith is. Yeah. Come on. I can tell by the way you request prayer whether you've been in the word or not. Mm -hmm. Somebody that somebody that's a real Bible-believing Christian that has faith, they'll say something like this. Get into an agreement with me. Intercede yeah. with me. Fast with me. Yeah. Somebody that's got no faith is always just do the praying for me. Some people got more faith that God will answer somebody else's prayer than God will answer their prayer because they never hear the word of God and increase their own faith so that they can pray. So I'm learning while I'm on the road that, that God is blessing where people obey the Bible. I mean, like, obey it. I think one of the greatest revelations that I, that I have got, and, and Pastor Blake was actually the one that kind of put the thoughts together for me, was, you know, we, we shout all the time, Deuteronomy 28 says, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed when I go in and I'm blessed when I go out. The blessing is not on the possession and the blessing is not on the land. The blessing is not on the going. The blessing is on the person. Yeah. And that scripture yeah. says the blessing is on obedience. Mm -hmm. It's on obedience. And so God's blessing people that obey the word. Amen. Most people that attend church never get their prayers answered. Mm -hmm. Because God has chose to turn a deaf ear and not listen to them. That's a problem. I don't know I'm preaching to the remnant that's here tonight, but I'm just saying we have to be aware of this so we know how to pray. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't feel comfortable. I don't think I would be able to sleep at night if I went to the roadhouse and had a steak and I hadn't given to God what was God's first. Amen. I don't think I could ask God to help bail me out of a financial crisis if I've been stealing from God. Amen. That's right. And most of this region is in a financial crisis asking God to get them out of it. God, won't you give me a loan? And God's like, why don't you just obey me? Because that's yeah. where the blessing is coming from. That's right. yeah. So I'm just learning that on the road, God's blessing where people are obeying. And so we're going to have to build a church not built on talent, time, relationship. It's built on people that are hungry to obey the voice of God. Amen. People that are ready and willing to chase after him. Amen? Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome my beautiful bride. So this is her first time getting to see the difference in the church and how beautiful it looks tonight. Welcome her. I'm going to bring her up on the platform with me for a moment. <laughs> and, and for a moment. 
she was with me in Indiana. That's where we, well, before we were in Indiana, we were in Georgia. And I won't spend much time talking about Georgia because we shared a lot with you. What was incredible there is there was a prophetic word over that pasture that there was a seed in the stump. Here's how you know if it's, if it's prophetic. It doesn't just sound poetic. It's in scripture. And scripture says seeds in the trunk according to, to the stump, according to Isaiah. And so uh, while we were there, one of the founding members, she was really, really like, like, like 191. <laughs> no, she was like 91. She was there that day and came and prayed an impartation. There was something about a seed going into him from what was remaining, from what used to be. That was a very beautiful, awesome time that we had in Georgia. But then we went up to Indiana. And so tell these awesome people about the move of God we experienced in Indiana. Hundreds of people there. We had several pastors that were there. And so tell them about the one pastor that got up and testified. Uh, so there was a visiting pastor there and he testified that he was delivered from the KKK. Wow. Hold on, they, they didn't hear you, or they would have gave God a little break. He was a leader in the KKK. Yeah, now he's a pastor of a local church. God, white folks and black folks in the church. Amen. If God can take somebody that is a leader in the KKK and put them a leader in the kingdom, why don't you believe God for those lost family members of yours? Amen. Listen, come here, Kim, right now, as fast as you can, right here. And I want every believer in this house right here behind her, right now. Every one of you, come up here. Because there is an anointing that breaks every chain. Yes. And I rebuke that spirit of witchcraft that is on your daughter-in-law. Yeah. I rebuke yeah. that spirit yeah. in the name of Jesus. I got faith that can move mountains. And I move that witchcraft right now in the name of Jesus. Begin to pray right now. She's got a daughter-in-law that's involved in witchcraft. I'm, I'm not over-exaggerating. I mean witchcraft. And she's been bringing those grandbabies to this church. Believing God to break off that witchcraft. Believe, pray right now and intercede by faith. Use that faith. We move mountains with our faith right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke that spirit, that, that satanic spirit. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we move the mountains in the name of Jesus. Glory!
too big to go around yeah. and go under. Yes, so we just declare, get out of the way.
Jesus shall be like a tree. By the rivers of water, and whatsoever he does, shall bring forth fruit. And his hands will not wither, Lord. You said, But all the ungodly are not so, because they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. God, we speak your word today and declare healing in our life, healing in our mind, healing in our family, Lord. healing in our heart, and let a smile return to our face. Let our eyes open up with joy. Let the spirit of praise enter her body and enter her life and set her on fire for you. Descend the joy of freedom to free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we believe today. God, we ask you timidly, but we're coming boldly to your throne. You said to come boldly to your throne in your common need that we can find grace and mercy for right now in this moment, God, and we believe it to be so. God, you are more than enough. Increase our faith right now. I can't feel the faith. Let it build right now. Let it build right now. Let your faith build right now. And speak to the mountains and let them be moved in the name of Jesus. God, we believe you today. Hallelujah. Silence and the language of defeat. Don't yeah, let them get silent. Don't stop praying. Don't let them get silent. God, we believe don't you today. Don't let them get silent. Keep praying. God, we believe no. you today. Come on. Yeah, hallelujah. If you already ran out of Bible verses, you know you better learn some more. Start repeating the ones you already prayed. Pray them again. Come on. Pray the word of God into her. Pray the word of God. Proclaim yes. the words of God. You got to take it like a medicine. Come on. We're giving the word of God tonight. Continue to pray it over her. Pray out that spirit of heaviness tonight with the word of God.
come for up and take her right here to this front row, and I want you to sit right next to her, because Faith comes by here, yep. and you're going to hold up her arms and let her hear some good testimonies about being reminded how good God is. This is the most church-like thing we could ever do. So that night, after Blake preached that wonderful message and I did that altar call, Angie, you were there with me. Am I telling the truth? Del, you were there. People began to confess their sins out loud openly. Like I heard, God forgive me of my adultery, and I about fell. Somebody said, God forgive me of my bitterness, my jealousy. Out loud, people began to confess their sins in a camp meeting. It was incredible. But of all of them, this is what I want you to hear tonight. There was a lady that came with such anger. She was angry and mad at God. God's not ever intimidated by your emotions. In fact, he's attracted to it. And she had watched her husband die that she had prayed for 10 years ago. And when her husband died, she got very angry that God didn't answer that prayer. And so she's mad and angry at God, hadn't been to church in a decade. And the only reason she came, she said, was to make somebody shut up that wouldn't quit inviting her. Don't stop inviting people. And so she came there that night and she said there, the whole time I preached, I saw my eyes on her. She was just as angry and mad looking. <laughs> and when people started confessing, she let out of her mouth. She said, God, I'm so angry at you. What is that? That's a confession. And so when she let out that confession and told God, I'm so angry with you, God didn't smite her. God blessed her. So the Spirit of God came on her in such a way she couldn't stop laughing. 
God, I'm angry at you. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes on her and she couldn't stop laughing and crying. And she tried to get up to the altar to lay hands on her and she went down before anybody even touched her. And they got her up to the seat and I got to meet her afterward and pray with her again. And she said as soon as she confessed that she was angry with God, God took away the memories of her husband dying and flooded her mind with all the memories of him living and gave her her joy back. You see, there's something spiritual about not running from God, not hiding from God what God already sees and simply letting out of me what God already knows is on the inside of me. Sometimes I have to breathe out what's on me and in me so I can breathe in what's on him. And that's what happened. She let it out. She let out that confession. And then all of a sudden, as she breathed out, God breathed in. And she got the Holy Ghost that night and started laughing and left with incredible joy. And I just got told today she hasn't missed a church service since. So confess this out loud with Billy so she don't feel strange doing it by herself. Grab her by the hands right now. And Billy, confess this. Say this, Lord Jesus, I don't have to understand it all. I don't have to like it all. But I trust you. I know that you're good. I know that death is never your will. And I know that if I'm upset, you're upset. I trust you. I trust you. I trust that you cried when I cried. I trust that you are broken when I'm broken. I trust you, Jesus. I don't like it. I don't understand it. But I accept it. Because I live in a fallen world. But I refuse to be fallen. Anymore. Anymore. I believe in you. I believe in you. When, it's good. when it's good. And I believe in you more. I in you more. When, it's bad. when it's bad. I'll praise you when the sun is shining. And my God, I'll dance when it's raining. I trust you. I don't like it. I don't want it. I wish it wouldn't have happened. But I trust you. I can't feel you. But I know you're here. And I'm going to shout until the devil on my back gets beneath my feet. Because I'm getting my joy back. Now shout like you believe it. Testimonies for you. Amen. Look over at Billy and tell Billy, say, Billy, Billy. you're going to make it. You're going to make it. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Say, Billy, Billy. we hurt with you. We hurt with you. Say, but Billy, but Billy. we ain't staying down. We ain't staying down. Say, Billy, you ain't staying down. Get on up. Get on up. Get on up. Get on up. Get your joy back. Get your joy back. Get your peace back. Get your perspective back. Get your trials back on Jesus. 
Because he's still good. He's still good. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Say amen. Amen. So we were in Vienna, and we had a KKK preacher that that's now preaching the gospel and pastor. What else did we have happen in Indiana? Uh, there was much prophesying um, from Pastor David. He was definitely in that element, um, moment of prophesying. So he prophesied over many, many people. There was one girl that had been battling depression. Um, David called her out, and uh, she had actually put a gun to her head. She was trying to make multiple attempts of um, suicide, and she was delivered. Um, that night of depression, David laid his, Pastor David laid his hand on her, and she went out. And, uh, the lady that was calling in the back, the yeah. Holy Spirit said, bring her up here. Yeah. And I said, that spirit of depression is coming off of you tonight. And then she confessed that before she got to church, she had a gun to her head. Wow. Do you see how important it is to hear him? Mm -hmm. What if I missed that? What if I missed that? Yeah. What have you been missing with people that are around you that God's constantly speaking about their pain and their hurt and you miss it? Well, she's, I talked to that pastor and she's still in church. I'm going to praise God. She Amen. hasn't missed a certain sense. I've been following yeah. her. Yeah. Somebody got something new that night. Uh, yeah, someone got a physical healing. Uh, someone was um, had a broken back. They were due for back surgery and it got delayed because of COVID. And so they came to church anyway. They couldn't hardly walk. I think they were maybe you want to walk her or you know had to have some help. And he came up and um, Pastor David and some others laid hands on him and he got completely healed and was jumping up and down. Amen. Yeah, but we were in there for 
I won't go into detail because a lot of that was in confidence, but it was a, it was a great time to get to know a new sister. And uh, as many tears as she cried, I cried too. And I thank God for that time. So first of all, if if you don't know, anybody not know Angie's story, raise your hand if you don't know her testimony. Okay. I feel like Jared's waiting to see if anybody else raises their hand. Jared, do you know? There we go. I said, I'd rather raise your broom. So Angie, Angie and I knew each other when we when I was just a little kid. We were in church together, and her ex-husband became an associate pastor at the church that Blake and I attended. We were 14 years old. And, and I confessed to her that when her ex-husband became the associate pastor, when we were 14 years old, he came from, he knows exactly what is it? Blake and I got so mad that, that her husband became the ex-husband that we stormed out of the church and ready to quit because we were, we were convinced we shouldn't have been the associate pastor not her ex-husband. We definitely, 14 years old, we, we thought we preached a lot better. How dare they promote that guy? But anyway, so so those of you that don't know, are we free to talk openly tonight? So Angie, Angie and her husband, ex-husband, they pastored for uh, several years, and then um, this is so beautiful, like so beautiful, that God turns, He takes ashes and turns them into just beauty for ashes. Yes. And um, and so we actually have the opposite stories from each other, in that she was the victim in her story and I was the villain in my story, and <laughs> that and then she was she was married to a pastor who had an affair and destroyed a church and destroyed a family. And in my story, I was the pastor that had the affair and destroyed a church. And for me, one of the most beautiful moments I've had this year, and I've had some beautiful moments this year, y'all. If it gets any better, I feel like I'm just going to end up in heaven if it gets any better. And the key to getting this good is just obey God, because God Amen. would have to break character not to bless you if you obey. It's yeah. that simple in all things. But Angie sent me a message when we got back from Michigan that said, thank you for helping to restore my faith in fallen preachers. Amen. You ought to thank God. Yeah, amen. amen. You ought to thank God. Only the Holy Spirit could allow someone that was the cheater and someone that had been cheated on to now to serve so closely together, laugh together, lose together, worship together. That's one of the most beautiful testimonies in the Church of Jesus Christ today. So anyway, that's her story. Deborah George did not, has never met Angie. I never told Deborah George anything about Angie. And so why don't you tell them a little bit about Deborah George preaching well, that night, yeah. what she said. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, my, my story, and I, I came here for a while before I kind of engaged any youths and stuff because I've got, I had a lot of hesitation with all these things that had happened. And when David invited me to go to Michigan, you know, gonna, he sent a message or called me or something, I was at work. And there was a spark of electricity just real quick that just went through my spirit. Mm -hmm. And you had invited me, I think, on a couple other things, and I couldn't make it. But it was like God was telling me, he's like, you've got to go. You've just got to make a way. So I go and ask my boss, you know, to uh, see if 
I could have the time off, and he says yes. So then I was really excited, and I don't remember, it was probably about three weeks maybe before we, uh, we left. I woke up about two o'clock in the morning, and a lot of times God will speak to me early in the morning. Um, it told me of all things, I'm laying there in bed, he goes, get in your closet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he, then I'm like, I get up and I get in my closet. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm standing here in the middle of the shoes, the clothes, I have boxes. What, what, why are you wanting me in here? So a couple minutes pass, and I look up, and for those of you who don't know, I've moved into my mom's house, so there's still a lot of my mom's stuff that's sitting around and still trying to get it to go through. But up on the top shelf, there was a Bible. Um. This is my great-great-grandfather's Amen. He was born in like 1830-something. I mean, I've never met him, of course. But in the inside of the bottle, it, it's falling apart. So, you know, what they say, usually a lock that's uh, mm -hmm. not falling apart, there's a bottle that is. So there's a note from my mom telling me whose it is so that I wouldn't know. And on back in it, there is a... Uh, a message where my, my great-grandmother had read it through six times. She would erase the number each time she went through it. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm going through it, and I get across. There's a bunch of little tracks, but there's a track in here. It says, help win this war. And it really spoke to me. It's Isaiah 59. I won't go into the, the, uh, the verse or anything, but I believe that was what I was supposed to find in the Bible. So knowing that Pastor David is all about legacy and stuff, I was excited for him to wake up and, and I messaged him and I sent him pictures. And I said, you know, I told him the story and I sent this track. I said, but this is this is what I'm supposed to, I think that's what was meant for me to read that. He comes back within like a minute and he goes, you know, good God Almighty, this that's the exact uh, scripture that God had given him to preach in Michigan. So it was kind of like, and he gave it to you like 30 minutes because you were working a night shift. So God woke me up and gave me the same scripture like 30 minutes after it was dropping Amen. <laughs> Amen. So again, confirmation that I had to go to Michigan. So, so I, that story is even better because when we got there, originally I was working for the prison, right? And so I was only supposed to preach Friday night, Saturday night. And then I asked them if, they, if Blake would preach on Sunday because I was going to leave to back to work. So Blake was going to preach Sunday morning. Deborah George was going to preach on, preach on Thursday. Well, I get a call. We're getting close. They said, hey, we want you to preach on Thursday and Sunday now that you're full-time ministry. And so I said, okay. I said, we've got we to move Blake somewhere. We still want him to minister somewhere. And so we moved Blake to well, Friday night. And then... He said, I talked to Deborah George, everything's good to go, we're all good to go, so I'm doing Thursday, place going to be Friday, I've got Saturday and Sunday, got it. We get there, he announces it, and I can see the discontent on Miss Deborah George's face, because she just heard that for the first time. <laughs> they didn't communicate this to her, and so she comes all the way to Michigan to preach, and they don't communicate to her. Now this is what Blake does, it's so honorable, is that overhearing this, he walks up and says, she can have my night. I don't have to preach in this crusade. Yes, sir. Come on. Amen. Yes, sir. So then, now, Miss Deborah George, just so you know, she said, I don't have to preach either. 
once she realized what the lineup was, she was like, I, actually, after that first service, she said, I like where you are. But anyway, Blake did our thing, so Mr. Jeffrey George preached that second night. And so I said, well, Blake, you can have my night. First I said, well, co-preach. I said, no, you, you preach on Saturday night. And, and so there was no sermon for me that night. Blake preached, and God said to me, don't co-preach. Don't preach. All I want you to do is get up there, read Isaiah 59, which is what she found in the closet, in which God gave me at 3 a.m. working in the prison. And it was after he preached, I put that verse on it, and it wrecked the place. The atmosphere changed. That's when people started confessing. I mean, they were confessing everything. And it was it was almost a point where it's like, okay, this is kind of awkward, but wow. This is <laughs> no music, no, like yeah. dead silence. People just yeah. confessing. I, my whole life, I mean, never been in a service that that's happened. Yeah. I mean, I've never experienced that. Amazing. So before, you know, I'm going to, and, and I'm praying for three things, and I'll tell you what those three things were after I got turned off, but I was really, you know, seeking God, and I knew that I was supposed to be on this trail. I talked to David about the call that, you know, is on my life, and what I feel like God is calling me to do, and the first night we were there was Thursday. And during the altar call, there was this kid. And he, you may have seen some of the videos and stuff. I think David and Blake uh, shared them. But while I was sitting back in my seat, there was this kid up at the altar. And it was like a beam of light was on this child. And I didn't know if I was the only one seeing it, but God was telling me to go to that child and tell him what he's praying for he's going to get tonight, that God was going to give it to him, but I had to go tell him. And immediately, I'd like to think, you know, that I just went in and said, okay, God. But I was like, okay, okay, God, this is a kid. I don't want to get, you know, my hearing is right. So it all it all worked out that I looked, I looked at David, and he kind of like went over, and he stood over the guy, or the, the child. And he's got his hands, and he's, he's given, you know, just kind of in the spirit. And I'm like, okay, David's got it. David's got this kid. So then David walks off, and I'm like, oh, it's back on me again. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being transparent. So I'm like, okay, it's on me again. So I've got to go tell this, this kid. So I'm literally, okay, okay, I'll go. So I'm stepping across bodies that are laying. I mean, there's like 40 bodies. I mean, so I'm just like stepping across and trying not to step on them. And I get to this, this child, and he's falling. And my heart just goes to this child. And I said, son, I don't know what you're praying for, but God wants you to know that you're going to receive it tonight. He's giving it to you. And he, he just, he, he continues to just cry. And he said, I just want to know God. I want to know what he wants me to do. And I want him, you know, to be clear that where he wants me to go, I want to go. And I look over to David and he's looking at me and I'm like, he needs to come over here. So then the video shows the rest of the child. I mean, he's out for like 40 minutes. Uh, when you prayed over him and you gave him your uh, cloth that had been anointed. And it was such a powerful uh, experience for me to just be, to have, you know, God speaking to me that way. And on the ride home, David kind of looked at me, he kind of leaned back and it's like grinning and he says, you realize what you did? And I'm like, no, he said, what does a prophet do? He said, he points. And he said, you pointed to that child for me to. 
And I'm like, okay. So you didn't know what I was praying for going to Michigan. But then the next night, this is the Deborah George night. So we get there and sit in the chair. She's, she's rocking the house. She's preaching. I mean, the spirit's there. And there's, there's a weight come over me like I've got to get her to pray for me. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, David knows her. I'll get an introduction after everything's over. And then she continues to preach for a while. 10, 15 minutes down the road, she's talking about her husband, how he was a pastor that left her. And I'm like, oh, I really got to get this woman to pray for me. And just like, and the urgency was just there. And in my mind, I'm going through a process, and I'm like, okay, God, you know what I've been praying for? And if this is where I'm supposed to be, and this is real, I'm reading the call correct. Have her call me out. And I've never done that either. And I said, have her call me out. About 10 or 15 minutes later, I'm probably sitting maybe where Dale's at or Amy's at. But she comes over and she's like, you, get up here, let me pray for you. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, totally just, I mean, that happened. And then after the service, I did get an introduction uh, to her. She put her hands on both sides of my face. And as she was praying to me, it was not her praying for me. I looked at that woman's eyes. And there was like, it was like a black, glittery fire in her eyes. And I felt like God was just speaking through her to me. And she prophesied over me. I'll never forget the look on her face. Talked to her the next day, and I kept looking at her, and I said, I don't mean to be like weird, but I said, your eyes are blue. <laughs> they were like real light blue. And it's not, that's not what I saw last night. It was her her whole face, there was there was a dimension to her face as she was talking to me. And then, you, I don't know if you, okay. Um, Blake, you did wonderful. You did awesome that night. Um, and you're part of my story too, so I'll go ahead and throw, throw you in there. Uh, that morning, I've, I've gotten to know like all these You guys. gotta make sure you tell them who their nickname is. Well, I, well okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I appreciated that we did discuss things like you know like the in the living room uh, as things uh, happened and as they were going through the services and we were talking about I, I've asked a lot of questions because I grew up Baptist and we pastored a Nazarene church and you know the whole speaking in tongues and the Palma that's all new to me and the experience that I had with the Pentecostal church I was saved in the Pentecostal church. But the few weeks that I was there, um, experiencing the real stuff, I was like, ooh, they were, they were way off. And I guess that's why my spirit didn't feel right to stay there. But um, we were talking about that morning uh, about some things we struggled with. And Blake, if you don't mind me saying, he said, I like to have things in order. I like to know what you know what's going on. And, and I'm like, I'm the same way. I don't like being blindsided. David had mentioned that, you know, things were just chaotic and not really organized that great. And before Blake went up, um, all the lights and stuff on the stage just started turning off. And, and, and I mean, I looked at him and he was kind of like, 
you could just tell. It was like, oh my goodness. And then right probably 10 minutes before you were to get up there, the stage, the podium, the light over the podium was off. And I'm like, oh, he's not going to be able to see his notes. I mean, this is like, and I'm, I was praying for him. <laughs> he was standing here, Daniel was here, and I was on the other side. And he walks over to me, and, and I'm knowing that he's nervous, and it's just like, oh my goodness. He comes over, and he hands me a piece of paper, and he goes, here, this is my Bible. And he doesn't say anything else, and he just, he just comes back and stands there. And I'm like, oh, he's afraid that it's dark, and he's going to lose something out, you know. And I'm thinking, why is he? And I just kind of folded it, and I thought I'll give it back to you at the house. Um, so he gets up there, and you did, I mean, you did awesome. <laughs> you just, I mean, the spirit was, it was, you didn't need lights. I mean, um, but on the way back, we're in the van, and, you know, I'm kind of sharing, I was like, I've got to get, make sure that I get those notes back to Blake, remind me. Pastor David mentioned, he said, the last time I heard somebody giving notes from a Bible to somebody, it was a sign that they were called to preach. Mm. So God told him to uh, to give it to him. I said, well, he never told me God told him, told him to give it to me. <laughs> he just gave it to me. I said, I think he was afraid because it's dark and it's going to fall out of the Bible up on the stage. He kind of chuckled, and then we get to the house. You all came in after that, and we're all in the kitchen. We're all eating dinner, and I got ready to hand it to you, and then I said, here, I said, here's your notes back. And then Blake looks at me and he goes, no, God told me to give those to you. He laughs and walks out of the kitchen. So, I mean, it's like all this stuff is just kind of coming my way. So then, um, the last day, but we're skipping kind of some time, but the last day that we were there, the very last altar call that uh, Sunday morning, there was a lady during the altar call that spoke in tongues, and it may, in my heart, it may have been the only time that I've ever heard anybody pray in tongues. There was an inflection in her words, and as she was praying, I closed my eyes and God allowed me to see her throne room. And there was a dimension to her voice, and there was wings that I could hear. And it was like not even, it just, it didn't sound like anything that I'd ever heard. And it was so different. So with that, the things that I was praying for leading up to Michigan, because I knew God had wanted me, wanted me there, was clarification, direction, and confirmation. And I think with the stories that I've just shared with you all, I got answered all three of those. Amen. Yes.
and he's got you. Yeah, amen. So I appreciate it. And if you've got any other questions or, I don't know, I feel like I've taken up a lot of time, but God did a lot. <laughs> he did a lot to, uh, for me in this year, and I'm just so thankful. So what you don't know, and one of my favorite songs is I'm Not Alone by Charity Dove. And the first verse is by her. I said, I don't know, but people. 
And uh, so anyway, he gets about halfway through his devotion because he's not going to do it. So I started and then say, Lacey, come do the devotion now. So he comes over and he starts doing the devotion. And it's so distracting with the raging river. People are tubing and everything else. And, Pulling up on branches. So, <laughs> so he stops. I'm fuming. If, if, if I had Superman eyes, fire would have came out and he'd been dead. As he closed up his Bible and said, Say, God, we're just going to finish this when we get back. Before I could say anything, somebody that we were with said, said oh, no, we're not. And Fred said, I'm praying for you right now. You're going to finish this thing. So, so Blake reluctantly tries to finish his devotion. And as soon as you see the first word trying to come out with the devotion, a train comes by and <laughs> So I told Blake when we were Michigan, I said, listen, get rid of your notes. I said, I know you like notes, I know you like to have water, get rid of it. Now I'm not telling you the friend, God told me you're not going to be able to see your notes that night. So I'm like, whatever. Well, these days he's going to learn to listen. And so as he was there and heard me, I said, listen, get rid of your notes. You won't see. You're not going to see. And uh, so he downsizes four pages of notes to just the one page of notes. And so you should have heard me chuckle when the lights were perfect until it was time to introduce Blake and then light number one. Light number one. I leaned over and said, I told you you're not going to see your numbers. <laughs> that's why I handed them off. That's why I handed them off. And it was, it was incredible. So anyway, awesome, awesome times. I'm not going to go on, 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 on. There's so many things that happen. Alabama, I'll tell you something about on Sunday morning, but it was just fire, 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 fire. And this is what I'm learning. Where people are obeying, God still blesses. Amen. And where people don't obey, God refuses to bless. Like it's that simple. So I have a challenge for you, and then we're gonna we're gonna call it quits because I gotta be with our leaders for a little bit tonight. Um, I have a challenge for you. I believe this coming Sunday is a turning point for us. But it's conditional. It'll only be the turning point if we do what we have to do. So God said, put something on that altar that I'll consume it with fire. There would have never been fire if nothing would have been placed on the altar. Mm. I'll be preaching that on Sunday morning. God is always conditional. You can't ask God for something when you give nothing. That's right. Amen. It would break the law of God and it would change the nature of God. It would make God a liar if he blessed you while you rebelled against him. Yeah. 
It would make God a liar to give you a miracle when you won't give him anything. It's in him. It's in him. And so this is what I want to close with because we have from now until Sunday, I'm going to call you to fast again, like really fast. And seek the Lord between now and then. And, and but here's what I want you to, to fast. I don't care what you eat, although all of us have got to start taking better care of our bodies and getting healthy. I'm going to tell you that. God gave me a prophetic warning that 2022, if we don't get in shape, some of us are, we're going to be attacked in our bodies in 2022. I'm just telling you that as a church, we've got to get healthy or sickness is coming suddenly to some people in our church. So get yourself healthy. That includes the me. And, uh, and I'm, I'm working on that. But I'm not talking about uh, food. I'm talking about give up your phone, give up your television, and get into the Word of God. And this is what I want you to do between now and Sunday. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Or one translation says it this way, if you love me, you will obey me. Mm -hmm. Obedience is the language of love. And God says, if you don't obey me, you don't love me. And so I want you to get into the word of God, find a place from now to Sunday, and start reading this. And everywhere that you find something in here where you're not obeying, I want you to start obeying between now and Sunday. So I've not looked at tithing records in a while, but if you've not been tithing, get it right. If you've not been praying, get it right. If you're bitter where you shouldn't be bitter, get it right. If you haven't forgiven where you should forgive, get it right. Jesus yeah. said, if you love me, obey me. So yeah. I want you to get into the word of God and find out. Go through. And I want you to write it down in a journal. Oh, wow. I ain't been doing that. I want you to write it down and say, God, I'm ready to do whatever that is. Because God wants to reveal the disobedience to us. Yeah. So that he can bless us. You understand that? God cannot bless disobedience. It would change his nature. Right. So we got to obey. So the remnant, the core, get into the word. And let's walk in total obedience between now and Sunday. Bring some people with you. And we're going to rock it out. And I'm telling you, we're going to have a time. But it's conditional. It's conditional. Say conditional. Conditional. So let's do it. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these people that are here tonight. I bless those that are out. I bless Kevin and Wendy that are picking up a precious child and bringing them out of a tragic lifestyle and welcoming them into their home. I pray for divine blessing and favor for them in this new season of their life. God, may there be a smooth transition. I pray for Brett that his work and they will be here. I pray for all those that are not here. The Lord, I pray specifically for those that are here tonight. For you to bless them, bless them, bless them. Reveal to them areas in our lives that we need to turn it all around. We love you in Jesus' name. All God's people said. Amen. Amen. The elders also announced there.